Hello, beautiful creatures. How's it going? Good, I hope. Welcome to Confessions of a Witch podcast. My name is Samantha, and I've been a practicing witch for 10 years. Witchcraft is a huge part of who I am in my day-to-day life. I'm creating this podcast to share my knowledge and journey with you. As I learn and grow within my craft, I hope to be of value to you on your own journey, either through knowledge or companionship, or perhaps a bit of both. So today's topics are rituals, um, how to do a ritual, some steps to a ritual. We're also going to be talking about altars, shrines, um, casting circles, things that you would put on your altar, how to create an altar, um, doing some step-by-steps towards that. So today's going to be a little bit of a longer video than what I would normally do. And I'm actually doing that for two reasons. One, I just felt like it kind of made, ooh, my cat, he likes to scream. Cam! He's very upset. He's grumpy. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear that very well, but he's screaming down the hall. Um, anyways, so I decided that I would kind of not just explain what these things are and then do a separate episode where I go into detail about each one. I figured it would just kind of make more sense to do one long um, episode where I give you all the information. And the other part of the reason why I decided to do that was because I'm actually taking some initiative and taking a little bit of time to learn some new things. Um, I'm not going to go too much into what they are, but I have recently signed up for 10 different classes on different things and it's all spiritual stuff that I'm going to be doing and learning more about and in a few months you guys will start to see more stuff about that and I'm sure in a few weeks you'll just hear more about it so that's very new and exciting and I can't wait to share that with you guys but I'm probably going to be doing longer episodes and then um, maybe skipping every other week sort of thing so we'll just kind of see how that goes so if this is too long and you need to pause it and like come back to it that's totally fine do what you need to do um but grab a pen and paper and you know write some stuff down and learn some things so let's talk about what is a ritual so according to the collins dictionary a ritual is a religious service or other ceremony which involves a series of actions performed in a fixed order a ritual is a way of behaving or a series of actions which people regularly carry out in a particular situation because it's in their custom to do so you can also describe something as a ritual action when it's done in the exact same way whenever a particular situation occurs. So ritual is something that we do in a set way time after time. Not every aspect of a ritual needs to be perfectly identical, Um, but a ritual does have to begin and sorry, a ritual does not have to begin with the casting of a circle and end with the snuffing out of candles. And not all rituals are formal or really fancy or always designed for magical working. Going to your local coffee shop every morning is a morning ritual, you know what I mean? So things that we do every day are rituals. It's not initially always associated with magical things. But what is the point of doing a ritual magically? The point of that is 
for us to connect. Visuals can be for meditation, doing your divination, um, you know, working with the earth or the moon, the gods or the goddesses, working with the elements. Maybe it's working with your ancestors or loved ones who've passed on. While our day-to-day -day stuff may consist of different types of rituals, we do magical rituals deliberately. We set aside time and space where we can focus on growing magically or focus on issues which are impacting us or important to us. And creating time and space for ritual, this helps us with not having the distractions from everything else um, seep into that time, right? So it's we do rituals in many different ways. Some spaces that we would do rituals could be altars, shrines, maybe you're casting a circle and doing your ritual there. Um, so a shrine is a place regarded as holy because of its association with a divinity or a sacred person or a relic. So that could be marked perhaps, you know, a building or other large constructions it can be inside or outside maybe it's a spot that you've set up like for a specific element or deity that you're working with you may have an altar and a shrine in your home um, I think sometimes when we're trying to focus more on a specific deity or specifically working with someone or something that you can create a little space that's designated for them and items that relate to them and that's a nice way to create a shrine and it just kind of reminds you and has these symbolisms of this person or this deity or this entity that you're focusing on <clears throat> so a circle it's very commonly found in wicca but it can also be in other crafts as well it's something that i do use myself um, and it's the working space in which rituals are performed. So that can be called a circle. The ritual itself can also be referred to as a circle, such as casting a circle. So the circle or the working space is set apart from the rest of the world using energy. It can also be defined by something physical. So creating a salt circle or perhaps you lay down some flowers or herbs or perhaps Maybe you're on a beach and you literally draw a circle in the sand or use some chalk and draw it on your floor. There's many different ways to do this. Um, if you set up the circle in the same place every time, you're going to start to notice and feel this like wonderful, beautiful accumulation of energy and a space is made sacred and magical by holding circles repeatedly in that space. So depending, like everybody's living situations are different and maybe you don't necessarily have an opportunity to have a shrine or an altar that is very obvious. Maybe casting a circle is just a space that you lay things out in a circle around you. You can even use a piece of rope. Um, and just having something that's, that's yours, you know what I mean? That little space there on your floor, that is your circle and that is your magical spot and continuously creating space there, magical space there, you're going to start to feel that energy and it's such a beautiful feeling. And I know sometimes at the beginning of our craft or certain situations, we don't feel those energies, but when you spend time 
focusing on feeling it and opening yourself up to it, you will start to feel that. And I truly mean you will feel that. And it's just, it's beautiful and magical and just, oh, it feels good. It's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> Sorry guys, I was working all day, so my, I was talking a lot and my throat's just not loving it. I've been wearing a mask all the time, so it just, it gets very dry. Um, so let's talk about altars. I'm going to quote Rosetta Thurman. There are a lot of different variations out there, but an altar is essentially a sacred space in your home that serves as a spiritual center where you can focus on being your highest self. I really loved that because not everyone who has an altar or who works with, you know, witchcraft or the craft um, do it specifically for a god or goddess or deity. We all have them for many different things, and maybe your witchcraft is just you focusing on bettering yourself, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a beautiful thing, and that would be like a very personal altar, right? So um, I actually got that quote off of the website happyblackwoman.com slash how to create a personal altar in your home. And I decided to use her kind of like quick little step-by-step -step because it was very basic, very simple, um, very to the point. And it's something that you can do even if it's not meant to be religious, you know what I mean? Or if it's not meant to be necessarily made um, overly religious. Because I feel like a lot of times when people think of altars, it's very religious. And just because you are practicing witchcraft doesn't mean it's going to be religious so I thought this was just a really nice kind of easy step-by-step -step that we can go through so your first step is going to be finding a location for your altar what and where do you want that to look like so you need to pick like a little special area of your home or your room where you can set up your altar maybe you're not there yet maybe that's not something that you can do in which case what I would suggest is having like a little box that you put certain things into you know, the items that you're going to want to put out for your altar space. And it doesn't have to be anything overly crazy, just a couple little items that just ground you and bring you back to that magical moment and make you feel witchy and represent important things to you and your craft. And that's something that you can easily stash away. And then when you're ready to perform something, you pull it out and use it. Okay. Get like a cute little shoebox, something that you can hide away easily if you have nosy roommates so if you are going to put a physical altar out this can be some like a corner of a room a table a nightstand there's no perfect place for your altar the perfect place is where it feels most authentic to you and the point is to find just enough space where you can put your key items and be able to sit near them on ideally a daily basis but if not daily on a regular basis so for myself, my altar is actually a hand-me-down vanity. It was a child's vanity, so I literally have to sit on the floor to be in front of it. And it's got three drawers, one either side and then one long one across the top. Um, I'm actually renovating it right now because it has like three layers of old chipped paint on it. And I've been taking all the, the paint off of it and I'm going to stain it. It's beautiful wood underneath, so I thought that would be really nice. Um, but it was my mother's 
best friend's mother, mother's. So it's old, probably like, I don't know where, like 80 years old at least. And it's just, it's something that's really, it's connected to many amazing women in my life. And I just, I love that. So that's what my altar is. And it just kind of eventually came to me one day. And I put a lot of my items that I'm not using, like my extra candles and herbs and stuff in the drawers. Um, I keep it very simple, very basic. And yeah, so I just have that near my bed and I can sit on my bed and be very close to it or I can sit on the floor in front of it if I'm working, working spells or whatnot. And it's right by a window, which is perfect because then I can even look out and look at the moon while I'm doing it. And that's just what kind of works for me and that's the space that I put it in. So step number two is picking one theme for your altar. So depending on what it is that you are using your altar space for, maybe you're using it for, you know, specific deities. So you, you want to focus it on more on the god and the goddess, or maybe the goddesses, or maybe the gods, whatever works for you. Maybe you want to focus more on connecting with some of your ancestors. Um, maybe you want to focus on, maybe, like, maybe you're working through certain things magically at that moment in time. Like, for example, right now my altar is holding a lot of space for um, shadow work stuff. So I have things there that represent different shadow work things that I'm working on and working through. So kind of what is it you're looking for? If you're kind of a beginner, then you're probably going to pick out a few items for your elements and things like that. But pick pick a theme for your altar and picking one or more themes for your altar that describe the purpose you have for that space. So like I said, my space is for shadow work. A good question to ask yourself is what do I want to bring more of into my life and what do I want to focus on? So here are some themes that you can use. Um, you can do meditation, relaxation, inspiration, strength, peace, healing, remembrance, love, protection, abundance, faith, joy. Think of some words that, that represent some things that you want to kind of bring more of and focus on in your life. So write that down. Step three, choose a few key items for your altar. So anywhere between like, you could literally have one if that made sense to you, but anywhere between like five to 10 items. And according to the theme that you choose, pick out a set of items that inspire you and represent your highest self, or that represent the things that you're trying to bring into your life or focus on. And again, there's no right or wrong items for your altar. Just trust your intuition and allow yourself to be led to the ones that resonate with you the most. I don't want you to feel like, oh, I saw so-and-so's Instagram on, or altar on Instagram or on Pinterest, and this is what I think it should look like. I want you to design it that way that makes the most sense to you. Use your intuition. You have an amazing gift with your intuition. I know it. Maybe you don't know it yet, but you do, and I want you to follow that, okay? <clears throat> if you're using your altar to, to represent gods and goddesses, then add an item or two that represent them. Or maybe you have a statue of them um, and find some items, like I said, that represent the elements. So some suggested items could be candles, fresh flowers or herbs, some little stones, inspiration stones, 
crystals, spiritual or inspirational books, maybe you're reading some books right now to help you on your path, photos of people that you love, photos or statues of spiritual figures, printed literature that holds special meaning for you. So it could be poems, song lyrics, inspirational cards, elements of nature. So that would be seashells, maybe some corals, stones, feathers. Um, have a little chalice that you can put some water in. You can add some bells or chimes. So right now my altar has some different rocks from places that I've traveled. It has my shadow journal, it has my crystal ball, my tarot cards that I've been using a lot for shadow work as well as my oracle cards. Um, it also has my book of shadows. I have a couple little notes on inside my altar from friends. Um, and actually I got this next one from this website that I just explained to you. Um, it's a business card for strength and dedication to her, to my vision. So I got that idea from happyblackwoman.com. Seriously, like go check her out. It's not a, like a spiritual thing. It's um, her website's more like inspiration and like lifting people up and I really, really enjoy it. So if that's something you think you might like, go check it out. Um, and then last, but definitely not least, I have a Phoenix that is actually, was handmade for me. Um, it was crocheted by one of my clients and it actually is something that represents my good friend who passed away last year. So it's been something that I've, I've had some issues with struggling with, um, dealing with her passing and having that Phoenix there just reminds me of her cause I used to always call her my Phoenix and I used to always tell her that don't worry, like everything's going to be okay. You're going to rise again. So that's there for her. Maybe you might, you know, maybe someone's passed away in your life and you might want a photo or something that reminds you of them. And honestly, it's just, it's really nice. It's very comforting and just, it personally brings me a lot of peace. So I like having that there. So let's talk about some tools that you would typically find on a witchy altar. <clears throat> so like I said, your altar, it doesn't also, I want to say your altar does not have to actually be inside. You can have it outside. Maybe you have a space in the woods that you go to and everything for your altar is very organic and part of nature. That is also really cool and that can be really, really fun and cute. So that's also an idea. So some of the things that you would typically find on witches' altars, definitely these are things that I learned about through when I was practicing Wiccanism back when I was a Wiccan. Um, so I'm just going to read off some of these things. Athames or swords, a staff, a wand, a chalice or cauldron, perhaps both, a symbol of a pentacle and a broom. Sometimes there will be cakes or wine, depending on what's going on, and things that represent um, elemental representations or tools that are associated with the different elements. So anathema or a sword is not actually used normally for cutting actual objects, but they use them for perhaps maybe food preparation or inscribing things on candles. So like you can use the point to carve out things on your candle. 
Um, they can be used for directing energy, so like using them in point places. You can use them for casting the circle. You can use them for invoking and banishing the elements. Um, you can use them for lots of different things. The staff, so the staff or the wand, it's a wand and that can also be used for casting the circle. It can be used for invoking elements as well, sending energy, and wands can be made of many different things. You can use wood, copper, crystal, maybe a combination of those. You can find some really cute, beautiful, well handcrafted wands on Etsy. I've seen lots there. Um, yeah, just so talented. <clears throat> do your research like if it's not just wood or even if it is wood do your research on the type of wood that it is the type of metal that it is the type of crystals find something that makes sense to you um having a chalice or a cauldron or both um they both represent the womb of the goddess um so a goblet a bowl small cauldron or even a shell can be used on the altar to hold water um, and then you can have like a second one for holding wine or juice if you are doing like um, like one for Samhain or if you're having, you know, big ritual, you can use that to offer to the gods and goddesses. And then having a cauldron is a just super witchy looking, which is amazing and I just love the aesthetic of it. Um, my grandma actually has a beautiful, massive cast iron cauldron, and I want it so badly. I've been looking at them online. They're pretty expensive, and that's kind of like, I don't have a ton of money to just go out and buy things, so I actually do a lot of stuff through just like cute little finds that I find out in nature or, you know, hitting up the dollar store. I'm very much a basic witch in that sense, but one day i plan on having a very large beautiful cast iron cauldron i'm super excited that one day that will be a thing that i have but i don't want you guys to think oh you have to have all these tools to do this you don't but i definitely understand that having these items just make you feel pretty badass and cool so do you have a cauldron like have you found one what do you guys use do you use a chalice I want to know. Tell me. Um, another thing would be the pentacle, if that's something that you want to add in. Uh, you can get like a little wooden board that has it on it. You can paint it on your altar if you want to. Maybe you, it's not a symbol that you really resonate with. Maybe you don't have it on there. But you can get little discs with the design on it and you can use it. And then a broom. So. I don't have a broom that I use for my altar space, but um, one of my friends and I were talking about creating brooms and making them, and I think that will be something that we'll end up sharing with you guys. But it's used traditionally to like clear space and get rid of negativity and like mundane thoughts and things that you just you don't want around. So you just kind of do a quick sweep of the area so you can make like a little one that you can use to like sweep away things off your altar that, that could be fun so those are like your typical things that you would normally find on altar spaces um so different 
candles based on their colors will represent different things. So I actually had, for the longest time, I would use candles to represent the different elements because I was able to get different colored ones at the dollar store and that was easy for me to use and that's what I would do to call in all of the elements. So, so let's talk about some steps to a ritual that you would do. So some people prefer to, before they start a ritual, they will sit down and meditate. Maybe they will go to their astral temple while they just sit and meditate and go there. Um, some people like to write things out before they start a ritual. Some people would like to take a ritual bath or anoint themselves. So that would be putting oils or rubbing certain herbs over themselves. Um, taking cleansing bath just cleanses away everything from the day before you get started and just going into your magical space with like a clean body and a clean clean outfit clean clothes um, yeah so like those are some things that you can do again do what feels right to you do what feels right for the ritual that you plan on performing um, if you want to you know cast a circle then cast a circle there's so many like so so many different rituals where they're already laid out and it's very simple and easy to follow along with um, I find a lot of Wiccan stuff is really great for giving you step-by-step -step instructions for those and you already know that it's not going to have anything that you may be concerned about as far as um, like falling into areas that you don't want them to fall into it's just very very um positive sort of magic meant to do good so if you're not sure where to start i do highly recommend starting with you know casting a circle learning like that and going with some wiccan stuff so and if it works for you then go with it if it doesn't then let some things go that's totally fine so you would cast your circle. So you can do this by using your wand, your athame. Um, I would actually walk in circles. I would walk in a circle three times one way to cast my circle while speaking a chant. And then when I was done, I would walk the opposite way to dismiss my circle. Um, it's just whatever whatever feels right to you and like i said you can get chalk and draw it on your floor you can lay down some um different types of salts and stuff just whatever goes whatever works for you if you're outside in nature draw it on the ground so then the second step of doing a ritual will be calling the quarters so you can invite in you know the god and goddess or the spirits that you're working with um, you can invite in each direction and or element into the circle and again that's going to vary depending on what it is that you want to work with or what it is that you practice um, if you are going to start with the north east south and west then start with north then east then south and west but again like just find what works for you um, after you're done that, you can call in the god and the goddesses. So depending on the tradition or what it is that you're practicing, this will look different for each person. 
So based off the work that you guys have probably already done, if you've been following along with my podcast, um, what do you think the god or goddess would want you to call them in with? Or how would they like you to call them in? Um, If you're not really sure who you're calling, but you know, you want to invite the god and goddess in, you can always just say, you know, I invite the god and goddess or the lord and lady in, and then you can light a candle for, you know, each one. So, or maybe you can ring a bell, whatever, again, whatever works for you. Um, And then usually when you're doing a ritual, well, always when you're doing a ritual, there's a reason why you're doing it, whether you're casting a spell or you're connecting with elements or maybe you're just trying to connect with the god and goddess. So the next step would be then to state your intent. So I call upon the god and goddess and I would like to do a spell for luck or I would like to put the god and goddess and today I would like to get to know you better. I would like to work with you more. So then the next step would be kind of like the heart of the ritual. So this is where you would perform your magic or maybe you're doing some healings and just, you know, do that part state your spell after that once that's done you would that would be a time for sharing so this is a time where you would just talk and share stories and talk to whoever or whatever it is that you've been working with maybe you're talking out loud maybe you don't feel comfortable talking out loud and that's totally okay too then you would you could sit and you could write it down And that's another thing too. If you don't feel comfortable saying things out loud, perhaps you want to be quiet or maybe you don't want other people in your home to hear you, you can write this all down as you're doing it. You can just even mouth it or you can even just visualize it. Whatever works for you. When I first started doing rituals and spells, I was very nervous so I didn't really like talking out loud. So I would just say it in my head and it's just as powerful as when you say it out loud. So whatever totally works for you guys okay and then at the end depending on if it's like a larger celebration then maybe you'll have like a little snack and some wine that you will share and leave some for the god and goddess and then maybe it's not as extravagant as that so then you would close it down so then you would thank the god and the goddess or the spirits or the elements or if you invoked all of them you would say thank you to all of them and say goodbye to them respectfully and then you would close up your circle the same way that you cast it Um, but like i said earlier what i would do is i would go one way so clockwise three times and then to close it i would go counterclockwise three times and again like using excuse me using ritual tools helps us focus on what we're trying to accomplish but they are no way needed or essential to do any magic. The only tool you need is yourself and your mind. And I truly mean that. The only thing that you really need is yourself and your mind. You don't need to have all these things. They're nice to have, but they're not needed. You can even just do, like I said, in the previous episode, you can do work through it astrally. So enter your astral plane, like go into your astral ritual, your little space there, and you can do your rituals 
in there. You don't have to do it physically in the space that you're in. And that might work better for some of you. Maybe you guys are more visual thinkers and learners and workers. And maybe you just might not be in a position right now where you can actually do these things without having problems or issues. You know what I mean? So that's something that you can do yourself in your mind. So don't forget to use that tool because that's super important as well. <clears throat> Ooh, this is really long episode. My throat's getting sore. So going back to your ultra space, once you're done doing your rituals and stuff and creating your altar, um, once you're, you feel that your ultra space is complete, I want you to set aside a few minutes to bless the space and actually do this before you go into doing any rituals. Um, but I want you to bless the space and invite good energy and good spirits um, and just good blessings into that area and into your home. And you can do this by saying a spell out loud, you can do it by saying a prayer, you can do it even by setting a positive intention for what you want to bring into your life. So you can keep it super simple and just light a candle and say a spell. And actually I'll add one onto my Instagram or a couple onto my Instagram um, next week so that you can see it and use it as well. And then you can even use it just to um, bless any space that you have, okay? And then step number five, use your altar space. Use this beautiful space that you've created I get that maybe you can't use it every single day, but don't just create this to make it look pretty. Actually use it. And the best way to use your altar is to develop a daily ritual. So we've come full circle in this, in this podcast, in this uh, discussion, where you sit in front of it or maybe beside it or near it and do you know, your spells, meditate in front of it, set your intentions each day. Maybe do your tarot card readings there. Something that I like to do is I'll shuffle my deck and then I'll pull a card for the day and I actually have um, this little spot, it's a hand that's quite large, and I actually put whatever tarot card I pulled for the day, I put it there so I can look at it and see it and remember it for the day. So there's many little things that you can do to use your altar space. It doesn't always have to be big or an extravagant, okay? And again, I just, I want... I know I feel, I feel like part of this just seems very little, not too in depth, but I don't want to give you guys too much where I'm trying to make it sound like this is what you need to do. I really want you guys to figure out what works for you, what works with your background and your tradition and what it is that you have in, in your history, right? Like I want you guys to create your craft the way you want it in the way that makes sense to you because everybody's craft looks a little bit different and everyone's altar is going to look a little bit different and that's totally fine so that is our very long episode for today if you have any questions um please reach out to me we can talk about today's topics or anything else that you want to talk about if you just want to connect that's totally cool reach out. I can be found on my Instagram page at Confessions of a Witch or under the Facebook name, which is the same thing. Thank you all so much. Thank you for listen, 
listening to me. If you have any questions or you're not sure of something or you want to know about something, let me know, message me, and we can definitely discuss it, okay? Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful evening and blessed be.